Are you wanting to create a highly prosperous photography business doing what you love? Or maybe you have a great business already and want to up your game? Then you're in the right place. Master craftsman photographer Lucy Dumas and her guests are here to support you on your journey. Now here's your hostess and tour guide, Lucy. But all the happiness and growth occurs while you're climbing it. And that's a quote by Andy Rooney. And I picked this because I sometimes forget that it's not the getting there as much as the getting there, (laughs) if that makes sense, that uh, is the blessings of having a dream and doing what it takes to achieve it. It's those step-by-step growth opportunities and also like if you've ever been on a hike, it's not just the top of the mountain. It's like, oh, you round a curve and there's one view and you go through a forest and that's beautiful and you work really hard and you're out of breath. And then when you stop, that feels really good, both for stopping <clears throat> and also because you um, have accomplished something. So I really love that quote about growth and occurring while you're climbing the mountain, not just getting to the top. So I want to welcome you again to The Profitable Photographer, and you are in for a treat with our guest, but I will tell you more about that in a minute. I just wanted to let you know that my Marketing Mastermind group is still accepting new members. We've had some sessions, and they've been awesome, and I want to invite you to go to lucydumascoaching.com. Lucy with an I, and then click on the mastermind tab. You can schedule a quick chat with me where I can share more about that. You can read about the program, or you're welcome to schedule a quick chat uh, about anything you want. So think on those things. I'm a little, it's a little dusty outside right now, so my voice is a little scratchy. But um, anyway, I'd love to connect and I'd love to support you in any way that you need. So you guys, you are in for a treat today. My guest, Easton Reynolds, has a very big marketing brain. (laughs) And I'm not just going to pick his brain. I'm going to scoop out (laughs) as many doable ideas as we have time for and then share them with you. So I hope that sounds good. Uh, Sounds good to me. (laughs) So Easton is the founder of The Art of Six Figures. It's a business-changing marketing education platform for photographers. In 2012, he joined his wife in her New Jersey-based business called Luray Photography. And by putting his business background to use, they achieved six figures in just the second year in business. That's pretty awesome. And then three years ago, he launched the Art of Six Figures Facebook ads course where he's helped hundreds of photographers around the world. And I'm going to, that's where I want to scoop up some tips on that. (laughs) I'm thinking of your brain like ice cream, Easton, (laughs) with no calories. Um, And he is a speaker that inspires and teaches classes with PPA affiliates and he's been at teaching at WPPI. He's been featured in Rangefinder, Shutter, SLR Lounge, many more things. Rated as one of the top wedding photographers, SLR Lounge, and he's sponsored by BH Photo and Meg Mod. And he also works with photography vendors and other small businesses as a coach and doing done for you marketing services. So is that it? Nothing else? What do you do with your spare time? <laughs> so welcome, Easton, and thank you so much. Thanks for having me. I'm excited. Sure. Me too. Um, and I'm excited because I get to be on his show. What's your show called? Well, ours is going to just be in our Facebook group. Uh, it's just called The Art of Six Figures. Um, you can search for it on Facebook, basically. <laughs> yeah. So join his Art of Six Figures, and um, then you'll be able to also see what he wants to ask me. So it's a win-win. Okay. How Easton did you come to be so awesome at the marketing and the business side of business? Well, honestly, I think it's, you know, multiple different things that I did before I got to photography. Um, But once I got to photography, I 
realized that we had some problems and they just needed to be fixed. One of which was how can I have clients on demand? Mm. Like I was sick of getting to December being a wedding photographer and starting to freak out <laughs> for the following year. Right. Right. We all have that slow period and uh, I didn't need it. I, I wanted it to not be slow. I wanted to know that mm. the following year was already booked and we were going to be good. And uh, so I'd have to back up a little bit before that we started teaching classes and my, and we were doing them in person and my wife um, and I would, you know, put all this time and energy and effort into mm. all the vendors and organizing everything. And then one day we were like, why don't we just record this? Then we could sell the recording. Right. <laughs> and so it was like, all right, let's do that. Well, that's where I first started out trying Facebook ads. And I, I launched uh, an ad for our uh, beginners to off camera flash course. And uh, we spent, uh, I forget what it was, but my accountant called me and he said, Hey, we have a problem. And I was like, what? He's like, I think you've been spending $1,500 a month for the past three months on Facebook ads. And I was like, Oh no. Cause I, I put the ad up. I had no idea what I was doing. And then I just forgot about it. Right. So I'm like, well, did we make any money? <laughs> He's like, well, uh, you actually did. You made 26,000. I said, wait a second. So I, I've spent 4,500 to make 26,000 and I was hooked. Right. It's that's all I needed to know. I would do that. I'm sure most of us would do that all day, every day if we could, right? And so I was like, I wonder if I can then translate this to be able to get bookings for my photography business, not just sell the courses. And it actually took me about two and a half years to tr trial and error through that process because it's actually very different than selling a course online, uh, getting somebody to trust you enough to give you money to have a service done as opposed to just a course was challenging. Um, but we would, uh, you know, launch something, it would fail, we'd launch it again, it would fail, launch it again, it would fail, <laughs> you know, and it was just a lot of tweaking until one day we finally uh, got it locked in and it became the backbone of our marketing. So did you have like a marketing brain as a kid? Did you like, there weren't Girl Scout cookies for guys back then, but like, is it kind of natural for you to, to figure out ways to attract clients? Uh, I think it was like a newfound passion that was kind of deep buried. Um, I had done, so I had an entertainment company where I did uh, talent buying for venues in Philadelphia. And so I would book bands um, and I would manage bands and I had, you know, a lot of different responsibilities with that, but I realized that the only way to grow it is to market Right. Mm -hmm. And so I, I think I started to learn the marketing aspect back when I had my first company. And those a lot of those same principles applied to the new photography company that we had. And then once we started our the other six figures, uh, the same thing, it just, you know, there's always little pieces of marketing that you can pass down. Mm -hmm. you know? Yeah, I, I'm the networking queen and have been since childhood. But when I started with weddings, I just started referring vendors I liked and they started sending me work and I started referring photographers when I was booked. And then eventually there were two or three where we were kind of each other's like, well, you have to use her if you can't use me. And then I realized, oh, I need to do this intentionally. So it sounds like you had that similar natural aptitude. And then what I love about being self-employed is we get to take those natural tendencies and then blossom them and grow them into something so that we become our most powerful selves. Would you agree with that? Yeah, I love that. And I think, you know, there's always this aspect of how many tools do you have in your tool bag, right? Because the more tools you have in there um, sometimes can clutter your business, but they can also, if you know how to use them and when to use them, uh, it can make you thrive. And I think uh, a lot of us, we get into this industry specifically almost by accident because we, you know, take a, a couple pictures of a family friend or whatever, and they like them and it kind of, you know, snowballs. And then all of a sudden we're able to get money for it. And so I, I feel like we don't, as creatives have a natural um, knack for the business side of things. We want to be creatives and we're creatives first. Mm -hmm. And so we actually have to work 10 times harder at the business part because we think if we take great pictures and we have a website, people should find us and pay us. And that's just not how it works, right? Yeah. We have to we make the, ourselves known. If, if no one knows we exist, there could be, you could have the best burger shop in the entire world, but if no one knows you exist, you're not the best, right? right? Yeah, I, I've seen uh, several little kind of heartbreaking posts on Facebook groups that I'm a part of where somebody says, I'm devastated and I'm going to quit. My website has been up for two months and I haven't gotten a single call. Mm -hmm. And of course, then everybody that is uh, part of the supportive team is like, well, what have you done to market? Well, how have you gotten out there? You know, what have you done other than just 
uh, sorry, <laughs> there was like a an expression that I'm trying to remember, but I'm going to skip that. So um, starting that over. So what have you done to market? How have you gotten visible? Um, you know, what are your sales skills? And uh, yeah, it's it's sad but true. We even a lemonade stand. <laughs> if you yeah. put the stand in your backyard behind the fence, you're not going to sell any lemonade except maybe to your dad. <laughs> Right. <laughs> <laughs> and in photography, working for friends and family is uh, one of the rites of passage that we don't recommend on into the future. <laughs> right. So. And, and that, that gets exhausted very quickly, right? Like right. a lot of us get our start from the friends and family, but you exhaust that little network quickly. And most of the time, <laughs> the way I've seen it happen is you get excited because now you have a business. And so then you finally quit your job and then your friend network gets exhausted and then you have no idea what you're doing and you go out of business. Yep. And what we really need to be doing is positioning ourselves a lot better uh, before that to start that marketing early on so that we can actually get beyond that friend network. Right. So Easton, I know that one of the things that you are awesome at doing and teaching is what you call direct response marketing. And although I'm probably doing that and coach others to do it, I didn't realize it was called that, or I may not clearly know what it is. So can you illuminate us on that topic? Absolutely, yeah. (laughs) It's really a lot less complicated than it sounds. (laughs) Um, it's basically just asking for a direct response from somebody. And so it's typically done with ads, whether it's Facebook or Instagram, Twitter, etc. You're basically putting out an offer that is download this thing or sign up for this thing or give me your email address in exchange for this thing. And it's just a direct thing, right? So we're asking and if they want it, they're going to click on it right away and go ahead and purchase it or download the thing or whatever it may be. And so it's different from traditional like guerrilla marketing where you're just sending maybe a postcard to a whole neighborhood of people where they may get it and throw it in the trash or maybe they'll get it and call you who knows but it's not as direct and so direct response marketing is just essentially that exactly that asking for the direct sale or the direct download or whatever action it is that you're asking them to do okay then i do know what it is (laughs) (laughs) i um have a little actually i have a lead magnet that asks for a direct response and one it's seven tips uh, for attracting your ideal client. And one of the tips is after we become seen and define who we are and who we're searching for, finding ways to actually pull them to us is how I described it. Like if you're fishing and you find the area where the big fish hang out, you put something on the hook, right? right. So that they'll bite and then you can, get them on the deck. Exactly. Is that? Yep. Yeah. So love it. <laughs> fishing is direct response marketing, whereas the other way is like you just circle around and hope they jump in the boat. Right. <laughs> okay. So can you, I know Facebook ads are one of the things that obviously from, from your course called the art of six figure Facebook ads, you know, some stuff about, so can you break that down and I don't know, five or six steps about how to do Facebook ads? Oh, man. Uh, <laughs> probably or at least not. Give us an over- <laughs> okay, so give us an overview. Yeah. And then maybe some tips. Sure. So Facebook ads can be very overwhelming um, when you have no idea what they are or how to use them. But it's just like anything else in life. Once you put the time, energy, and effort into it, uh, you can use it as a new tool right? And so it is not the end all be all of marketing. You still need your SEO. You still need your networking, but this is the third uh, part to the contraption, I guess. Mm. Right. And so Facebook specifically is great at uh, reaching people that you already know would be interested in the thing that you're offering. And so with Facebook, it's crazy how detailed it can get. Facebook has information on every single one of its users to the tune of, they know if you like chocolate chip cookies or not. Okay, so Mm -hmm. chocolate chip cookies, granola bars, peanut butter and jelly sandwiches are actually things that you can use as targeting in your Facebook ads, right? Ah. So if I wanted to go and I had a product that was perfect for peanut butter and jelly lovers, I could go out and put an ad out and reach those people specifically. And you can do the same thing uh, with parents that have kids of a certain age, Uh, parents that have kids of a certain age that make X amount of money a year. Um, or work within a certain uh, industry, right? And so it you pair a lot of what you do with Facebook ads with your 
your client avatar, right? And so that's why that's so important. If you don't understand who your client is, your ideal client is, where are they shopping? Where are they spending their time? Where are they playing? Where are they, you know, working? Those are really key things because you can actually use all of that information to put into Facebook to reach those people. And I think it's one of the most powerful tools that we've had because client avatar is not a new concept, right? Knowing your ideal client is not a new concept, but I found that in this industry specifically, most people, even if they do take the time to sort of think through who that person is, they still don't know how to then take that information and apply it to getting those people to book them. Mm -hmm. Right. And so I think Facebook, one of the biggest things that it does is bridge that gap between, okay, this is who I believe my ideal client is, or this is who my top clients have been over the last five years. And you can even take the email addresses of your past clients and put them into an Excel spreadsheet and then upload them to Facebook and basically say, Hey, Facebook, here are my best clients. Go find me more people that are just like them. Right. Okay. (laughs) Okay. Hold on. Hold on. Whoa. My brain just exploded. Okay. So I have my ideal clients and so I can make a spreadsheet of them specifically, like they know who they are. So I could say, check out Sally Jones in San Diego. Sort of. It's a little more specific. So you'll need a name and email at least. So, okay. Sally Jones, this email, that's my ideal client. Find more people like her. Yeah. And so what, what Facebook does with that information is if the email that they gave you is the same email that they log into Facebook with, or the phone number is the same email or phone number that they've used with Facebook, then Facebook will, will use that to go to their profile and crawl their entire uh, profile to see what information is similar to the, the people that you just uploaded. So if they worked at, in the healthcare and medical professional field, then it would go and find people that also worked in that same field. Does that make sense? Yeah. It's, it's one of the most powerful things that people don't oh. know exists. <laughs> yeah, now they do in at least 60 countries. That's Easton. That's uh, my last check. That's how many countries the profitable photographer has been uh, downloaded in. That's awesome. Um, so now this is not boosting. This is actual ads. Is that right? Correct. You're going to go into the ads manager. And most people make a big mistake. They never set up the ads manager. And so if you've never actually physically set it up, then you don't have it. You're using your personal mm. ads account. And most people just boost, they, they click that blue shiny button. I call that the donate to Mark Zuckerberg's new t-shirt fun button. <laughs> <laughs> uh, because that's what you're doing. Uh, you don't have anywhere near the targeting ability or the precision with which you, you would have if you actually went into the ads manager and created an ad from scratch. Okay, because one of the people that teaches Facebook ads, and I know a lot of people have had success with this, photographers doing the boosts as opposed to Facebook ads. So you're saying, okay, that was good, but to really like take it from elementary school to master like uh, university, it's the actual ads and setting up, setting up, I'm sorry, you said set up a, so so you said the big mistake is not to set it up. So setting up in the ads manager. Correct. Yeah. Setting up specific ads and um, then you can really refine the targeting. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. And you have a lot more ability to reach the, the actual people that you're going after when you do it that way. Um, okay. Another drawback is that if you're using your personal Facebook ads account to run ads for your business, you can get your entire account shut down because it's, that's against uh, Facebook's policies. So you need to create a business account by going to business.facebook.com. Right. You'll already have an ads account most likely because that's what they give you when you when everybody just creates their normal Facebook profile. And you'll actually be able to keep using that ads account by importing it into your business manager. Um, but you'll have a lot more success. There's a lot more ability um, with lookalike audiences like we talked about to go target you know, previous uh, customers based on your past customer or new customers based on your past customers. All of that happens within uh, the business manager and you also can do custom audiences and things of that sort within the business manager. So it's a lot more advantageous. And if anyone out there is teaching to use your personal ads account to just use the boost button, um, that's very flawed information and you could risk getting your entire account shut down. So I would highly advise you don't do that. Yes. So, so Tip number one <laughs> is use, get a page, a business page. Yeah. 
don't try to do anything on your personal page. I didn't even know you could boost from your personal page, but, um, well, not from your personal page. It would, it would go to your business Facebook page, but you'd be using your personal ads account to do it. Okay. So I guess I don't, and that's in the boosting or in the, if we're running an actual ad, uh, we don't teach to boost posts ever because it's not anywhere near as advantageous as it would be to go into the ads manager and run them from scratch. Okay. So set up a business account in the ads program. Yeah. Go to business.facebook.com. Okay. Business.facebook.com and set up. So I might not even have that. Then if I go do that, I'll be able to discover whether or not I've been um, like, I have never run an ad. So uh, I'm, that's why I'm wanting to ask the things that if I were me sitting in my car or sitting at home listening, I'd be like, I need the specific detail. Okay. (laughs) So you go there and then you set up your business ad account Yeah, and don't just kind of do it through whatever is your personal account and your, yeah. Okay. I got it. Uh, so then what kind of ads do you run or is it too soon for that? What other? Yeah, there's a couple more steps. Um, after you've created your account, you're going to need to activate and install your pixel. And the pixel is a little tiny piece of HTML code that you put onto your website and your landing pages and your blog. And what it does is as people visit your website, it tracks them. And so I'm not sure if you've ever been on a website where it says this website uses cookies, please accept to move forward. Yes. That's them telling you they're using the pixel to track you. Okay. So it's a tiny, what kind of code? It's a tiny HTML code. HTML. I was starting to write that. And then I was like, HTMI? No, that's a thing you plug in. (laughs) HTML code. Okay. So once that's installed, then I get to um, put cookies basically in people's lunch boxes, right? Yeah, essentially, yes. And so what happens is, let's say, for instance, they come to your website, they view your homepage, and then, but you really wanted them to click the button on your page to go to the contact form. Well, anybody that has seen your homepage, if the pixel is on it, you can retarget. And you, mm. you can say, hey, Facebook, anybody that has seen my homepage but has not seen my contact page, and here's the two URLs for those two things, I want you to show this new ad to. So, mm. so let's take it back and go, maybe our first ad was, hey, download this free wedding planning guide, right? Mm-hmm. And then people click on that ad and they go to the landing page and the landing page asks for their information, you know, maybe their name and an email in order to be able to download this. Well, people may see that and they may get distracted um, or they may not want it or whatever, right? They may not go through and submit their information to get to that download page. In that instance, then I would run a second ad that follows up and retargets everybody that didn't make it through the process and remind them, ah. hey, this offer's ending in two days or something. You may want to go back and you know finish your process. Um, it's the same thing if, if you've ever started to buy a product online and you stopped and then an hour later you get an email, hey, it looks like you were trying to purchase this thing, but something went wrong. What can we do to help, right? Mm-hmm. That's all because they're tracking you with the pixel and they know that you were on that checkout page, but you didn't complete your order. And so there, that's an automated response that goes out and saying, Hey, you didn't complete your order. You need to complete your order. Those types of things, save companies, 30% of abandoned carts or more. Wow. Yeah. Wow. So how does a person get a pixel? So as soon as you create your business account, um, and I believe you can actually do it with your personal account too. I just don't advise it because again, you can get shut down. Um, but you, you, there's actually a section in the business manager and your ads manager where you can go and activate your pixel. It'll give you the little snippet of uh, HTML code. And then you need to go and paste that onto your website and blog and landing pages. And then you're good to go. And now we can start talking about landing pages. <laughs> okay. Um, let me see if there's any other questions I have before. Um, okay. So issue number three, landing pages. Yeah. So most people... When they run an ad, they either boost a post, which again, don't do, or they send traffic directly to their homepage of their website. So Mm -hmm. it's like, hey, we're offering 20% off weddings this month. Uh, Click here. And when you click there, you go to their homepage and it says nothing on their homepage about the offer that they just saw on Facebook, right? I know. Yeah. And it's overwhelming. 
the, their own content overwhelm because they were clicking because they believed they were coming to your website to see this offer. But now there's nothing about this offer. And in, and in fact, there's a lot more. There's your about us, there's your portfolio, there's your contact page, there's join our Facebook group and God knows what else. And so it's too confusing and they just abandon and they don't do anything. So right. using a landing page is basically like a one or two page um, individual standalone page that doesn't have any of those other buttons. So no menu, no about us, no portfolio, no contact us. It's let's say my ad was for a wedding planning guide. When you click on that, it should go to a website uh, landing page that just says, you know, download our wedding planning guide. Now give us your email, click this button and it submits it. And then that's the only thing on the page. So what would um, be a good, cause sometimes we call it a lead. You have a landing page for a lead magnet. Yep which is something that then gets you into your email, your, your domain. Um, so what kinds of things can photographers do? I know Bruce Hudson, um, they do a little seven tips for being better, better photographers. Uh, are there some, like, how do we think about what to uh, send them to, to get, you know, get them into our, our system? Yeah, it's a great question. Because we don't, we don't want to just say, hey, to learn more about our photography, click here, or to learn why we're better than others. Like it's not an ad, it's an actual mini gift, right? right? So this is more, everything with marketing is problem and solution. So you have to, again, knowing your clients, right? Who is your ideal client and what would be something that would hold them back from booking with you? I'm sure all of us get the same questions every time we get on the phone with people, right? It's like, well, what does it come with? And what is this? And well, I don't know. And how long does it take? And should I bring my kids? And right, <laughs> like the list of things just goes on and on and on. And so for instance, let's take a boudoir uh, photographer. Maybe maybe they put something out there um, that is a lingerie guide, right? Because maybe they're not booking a shoot with you because they don't know what lingerie to buy. Mm. So you just solved a, a, a micro problem for them that was actually not allowing them to move forward in the process of booking with you because they didn't believe that they were good enough or they didn't believe that they knew how to pick out whatever the outfit was and that that would be good enough for the photo shoot. Right. And so, Mm -hmm. uh, and, and obviously with boudoir, it's a more sensitive niche than most where you're also dealing with people that may not like the way they look, right. They may not be okay with it right now. And this, this uh, session may actually help them to see just how beautiful they are. And so Mm -hmm. maybe you put something out there, um, we call them story-based ads where it's the actual testimony of a woman that had those hesitations and then was able to overcome them and went through a session and had her life changed. Maybe she um, had a new, you know, a a new perspective on who she was and now she doesn't care what anyone else thinks and she's really rocking life. Right. So Mm -hmm. that can be something as well. Um, Wedding, weddings, wedding people uh, is like wedding planning guides uh, because they don't know what they're doing. They probably haven't, ever planned a wedding before. <laughs> and so mm-hmm. if you're a wedding photographer, you're doing it every weekend. So you know things like the, if you do a receiving line at your after your ceremony, it's going to eat up 45 minutes of the day. Mm-hmm. So you could be that help, be that solution. So what's the problem? Well, the, in that case, it's that, hey, do you want more pic- time for pictures or not? But they don't know that because they haven't ever been married before. So that's where right. we as the professionals get to you know put ads out there that's like, hey, download this wedding planning guide or here's the 29 top items that most wedding couples forget on their big day, right? And it's things like heel stoppers and uh, clear umbrellas, right? All the different things that it's like, crap, we need something. And it's like, we should have thought of this beforehand. Well, that's, right. that's how we can help. And so it's just little yeah. things that, yeah. you know, you take, what is the problem? What's the hesitation? What's the frustration that's holding someone back from being able to book with me? Let me solve that right away. Okay. Got it. So I have two, uh, I want to see if I'm clear on this. So the landing page is to, you could do a landing page to get someone to sign up that you've got an offer through an ad. So you could do a landing page that's basically a sign up sheet, or you could do for something that costs money, or you could do a landing page for what is called a lead magnet that would get somebody to sign up to be getting emails from you. Am I right yes. in that, that there's dual purposes? Yep. You could do and giveaways, giveaways, you know, uh, model calls, all that so, kind of stuff. So with the giveaways, then you've got the email 
and maybe you get them in your Instagram and some of those LinkedIn. And so then you can be marketing directly to them. Now they're in, they're in your castle, basically. And you can do it two ways because you can email them now uh, since you have their information and you can also hit them with follow-up ads because you have their email. Right. And um, I've used both, um, is it lead pages? Yep. And then I use MailChimp right now for my my email program. And they have a very simple, very simple um, landing page option that can be created. Um, is there one that you particularly think is user-friendly? For- yeah, the MailChimp ones, uh, when, when used with our members, don't do well because they look like they were designed in 1992. Um, well, I designed it myself. Yeah, you, you know, have to can- do a lot more to them. Like, and if you have that kind of tech savviness, you can, you can muster your way through it. But uh, there's a lot more, more modern looking, more beautiful type of um, pages and stuff. And so for landing pages, if you don't want to spend extra money on an extra software and you have something mm-hmm. like WordPress or Squarespace or Show It, Show It, you can use a plus site for Squarespace. You can use a cover page for WordPress. You can literally just build another page and hide the menu, ah. right? Um, but then there's programs like ClickFunnels. Um, we actually have uh, on our team, we build funnels for our members. And so mm. if they're trying to do a giveaway or a flash sale or something like that, we will build the whole funnel. And so it's not just a landing page, it's landing page, uh, long form page, upsell page, checkout page, and final thank you page. And so it's a five-step funnel that we teach with our one-on-one clients. Uh, and we just release this uh, to start doing done for you funnels. So we've already pre-built them for you. We install them for you. Whoa. And then you, you're off and running. Whoa. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So number four then is, are we ready to think up an ad? Are we ready to talk about what you put in an ad or is there something more? Yeah. So once we've uh, we got our business account up, we've got our pixel installed. We've got our landing page and, and funnel that is associated with it because just to having a landing page isn't enough. We also need a thank you page because once they submit the form on that right. thank you or not, on that landing page, we need to let them know that we've in fact received it. And then we need to deliver whatever it was that they opted in for, whether it's a, a lead magnet right. or whatever, right? And so right. there's there also needs to be an email follow-up aspect or a messenger bot or text message, some type of follow-up, right? right? So they'll see a thank you page that says, thank you, we've got your info, check your email. And then you should have also a CRM, like 17 Hats, Sprout Studio, Pixify, um, Tave, any of these. Dubsado. Yeah, any of those will work. Dubsado is not um, for sending mass email. It actually, okay. uh, you'll they don't have an... Uh, what is it called? Uh, unsubscribe button. And so it's illegal to use their software mm. as that. Okay. Yeah. So st- don't do that with Dubsado. <laughs> no, not good. But you need one of those softwares so that you can have automated emails that you've already pre-written going out to the people sure. that opt in for these things. Right. 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 My MailChimp uh, takes care of that. Yeah. Um, okay. So now are we ready to run an ad? Yeah. Are we ready to get some do's and don'ts on ads? Yep. And so at this point, you've got everything you know, hopefully done. Uh, and just so you know, the the landing page that you've built on your first try most likely won't work. And most likely your first ad won't work. And it's because just like everything else, when you picked up your camera, you didn't take the best picture right away, did you? Right? Right. And so it takes some yes, time. <laughs> it takes some time and some tweaking. And so you'll need to move things around, right? All that kind of stuff. But assuming that you understand that, when you launch your first ad, you probably won't do well unless you have like actual guidance, someone working with you, you've purchased a course, something like that. But if you're just trying it on your own, it's probably going to fail the first few times and you'll need to put in that time, energy and effort to, to tweak it. But right. once we get to the ads, you have to figure out what is, what do people want? Right. And so before COVID people wanted things that were very different than what they want now. Mm-hmm. Right. And so that's part of business though, is, is always adapting to the times and, and whatnot. And so currently people are scared to book weddings, right? Let's just be honest. They don't want to put all that money out and then have to reschedule or possibly cancel their wedding. But mm-hmm. they're loving put, uh, the family sessions and boudoir sessions right now and newborns. People, there's going to be a massive baby boon coming because everyone's been oh, yeah. up. Right? <laughs> <laughs> um, so get ready for that. Three more months to go. Yeah. yeah, right. And when that does happen, here's what I don't want every photographer out there to do. If you're a wedding photographer... Don't have so much pride that you can't go, all right, I'll do, I'll do families. If you're a 
you know, boudoir photographer and you're seeing an opportunity coming around for this baby boom, you know, don't, don't put it past yourself to expand into a new niche to make a lot of money right, right now. Because right. if you're in weddings, especially, I know most of you are hurting right now, you need to pivot a little bit and it's not, not going to completely, you know, upend your entire year, but most of your business from this year probably went to next year. And so you mm -hmm. need to be filling in the gaps and you can't take more weddings most likely because those can only happen certain times. Uh, and so families, newborns, boudoir, all of that other stuff you can do in a couple hours, right? On a Tuesday. Right. So, um, okay. So got that. Um, and I hear headshots yeah. and executive portraits are doing well. Yeah. Okay. So let's say I want to, uh, attract babies. Mm -hmm. That's, that's my, my favorite thing. Um, is the is the babies not the little baby burrito newborns although i love how they look right <laughs> it's just not i do other things so what kind of ad would i want to run in san diego targeting the ideal client to get people to to book me yeah i mean the the at the end of the day this is a lot of the stuff that we teach in the course so i'll give you kind of the tip of the iceberg uh sure. because it's the it's what we sell <laughs> Um, but the ad you, so for newborns, uh, you would probably need to target parents, right? New parents with newborns. Right. I got all that going for me and I'm trying to write an ad or I'm getting help from someone like you or me to, to, uh, come up with a concept. So can you, you know, I know the, I know the, um, the Facebook ad where it's a want ad and I'm wanting five people so I can build my portfolio. Um, but I'm just, this is where, um, I'm going to pull some things out of you if you will let me yeah i think so what we the ads that we teach in our course are giveaways story-based ads lead magnets uh retargeting and flash sales um and i'll just go through what each of those is so a giveaway is typically three different prizes so dollar amounts don't ever give away something for free in a facebook ad you'll only get people that are looking for things for free um even if you do a model call and you want to actually make some money off that model call, then you should not make it completely free. Okay. Unless you really actually need to build your portfolio and that's why you're doing it. Then it makes sense. Yeah. Right. Um, but I think, so, so you've got giveaways, which is basically three different dollar amounts. Hey, we're looking for this type of person that uh, loves this, loves their family, blah, blah, blah. Um, there's only going to be three winners. You have to do it before this time. And there's only going to be this many winners. So that's called using scarcity and urgency. Urgency is you've got to do it now. And scarcity is there's only a certain amount, right? Those are two principles yeah. that all of your ads should have. Mm -hmm. um, once you've got that, then they're all going to submit to win, right? And then you're going to go through all of those forms. And if you don't call them, you probably won't get a single booking. Right. So you need to call them and you need to not cold call them. You need to let them know or even let them schedule a call, right? Uh, maybe use email to follow up with them and have them schedule that. Then on the calls, yeah. you're going to go through your normal sales process. Um, right. And this is your area now, right, <laughs> Lucy? Yeah, um, that's my superpower. Yeah. Now, now to me. <laughs> right. So I get you the, the, the lead and then you get on the phone with them and, you know, get yourself a booking from it. Um, but that's basically giveaways is, you know, three different dollar amounts apply to win. People like it because they want to win. And, Got it. Right, and it's, hey, it's only going to be a week long or whatever it may be, and there's only this many people that are going to win. Now, do only those many win? Or if you got 25 really hot leads, would, would they all win? Uh, I would get on the phone with all of them, um, but it depends on what the offer is as to if they would all win or not. Because um, But potentially... I, wouldn't, I, if, I probably wouldn't. I would stick with the three winners, because we have a, okay. a separate thing where, hey, uh, obviously there's only going to be three winners, but we put together a special deal for those of you that didn't win. Ah, okay. Right. So you don't just throw them away. You get them in your world. You make them an offer yeah. uh, that they might bite. Yeah. Okay. So then a story-based ad. So story-based ad is uh, we've had uh, members book their entire year with a story-based ad. And the reason is because it humanizes the sales process of what you're doing. And so if I was to go up to somebody and go, hey, I do really good boudoir photography. Do you want to hire me? They'd probably be like, uh, no, that's weird that you're just straight up coming out and asking me that, yeah, right? Yeah. But a story-based <laughs> ad goes and, and takes the perspective of the experience of a past client 
And what we normally recommend is to do a video. So you have your, your client come over to your studio, you set up your cameras and your lighting. Um, and I, I, I do this with my clients where I'll actually do it for them. So I have their clients come to my studio. I'll coach them on how to be on camera for 30 minutes beforehand, ask them the questions I'm gonna ask them about their experience so that they can formulate their ideas. And then we record after um, you know, 30 minutes or so. <clears throat> but it's basically- and you can do that. You can do that remotely on zoom with people right you can it just doesn't look as good but if they're not going to fly to um wherever you are like my clients are here right so you could still coach one of my clients we could record it on oh yeah you could record it on zoom okay cool cool um and so basically what you come up with from that is you know hi my name is whatever and i worked with you know jen to you know photograph my wedding and i told her beforehand this is what i was looking for and it was amazing because she didn't even just do that she went above and beyond and oh my god look at these pictures and mm-hmm. well, right and so she's just kind of telling her story awesome. right? right and that draws people in and i'm going to pause that thought for just a second and and kind of exclamation point this with have any of you watched American Idol or X Factor or any of these, um, you know, reality TV shows where people are singing. Because if you have, you'll notice something. The show would be completely boring without the stories of the singers before they sing, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. You wouldn't even watch it. It would just be a bunch of people coming out on stage and singing. But if we didn't get the story before she sang, we wouldn't be crying when she's done singing. Right. Right. Especially the last winner. Yeah. Because of American Idol. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I haven't watched it in a while, but um, when I get sad, I just go through on Facebook, watch, and I just watch <laughs> all of these people winning because it makes me happy. <laughs> but that, that should tell us that if these massive multi-billion dollar companies understand how to tell stories, then we need to as well. I love it. I love it. So uh, let's see. So that's story. Yeah, that's quick, yes. Oh, quick question. So when you do a story ad, one of my coaching clients um, did this and my suggestion was that he, at the end of it, he shows the photograph so that they know, oh my gosh, yeah, here was this uh, normal looking person and she had a great experience. And then uh, at the end to actually see what the result was. Do you recommend that? Does that not? Yeah, all the videos that we produce uh, as they're talking, there's pictures popping up from the actual sessions. So then you edit in the photographs so that people see, oh, normal looking person. Wow. And then, oh, and she's still talking. And then, oh my gosh, look at that one. Yep. Yeah. And we did this with, I actually had a bride um, who called us about a week before her wedding. And she was like, my father just got word that he's not going to make it. He had brain cancer. Uh, can you come to our house and maybe get a few family photos before the big day? And I was like, absolutely. But let me sort of do you one better. Did you want to maybe get into your dress so he can see you for the first time and we can photograph that moment with you and your family? Mm. And so we did that. It was actually really difficult to photograph uh, because I was crying the whole time. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, But then, uh, she realized how impactful that was because he passed away about three days later, uh, wasn't able to make it to the wedding. We did the whole wedding and the whole day, it was just kind of, it was happy and sad at the same time. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, But afterwards she was like, man, like what I wouldn't have done to have these photos. Right. Mm -hmm. Of her dad, of her, uh, her son. I think he was like one or two and her dad is holding him and, you can tell he's very fatigued. It was difficult for him to even get dressed because he got dressed up in his suit just so he could be there to like kind of see her and have those you know family pictures as if it was a, a normal getting ready scene. But mm-hmm. she was like, oh my God, like that was incredible. I, I hope everyone, you know, takes moments. And it, it helped her to have that appreciation for those photos. So we used yeah. that for an ad uh, because mm-hmm. she was like, absolutely, you can use this, like go for it. And so we said, <clears throat> you know, a little story about it. Like, and we blogged about it. Um, and then the, the ad was just, you know, I forget what the lady's name was, but it was just like, let's call her Sarah. Um, you know, Sarah, how Sarah dealt with her dad passing three days before her big day. Hmm. And it's a normal headline, right? It's like, it's not anything specific, like book me. It's 
this is a real situation. It's what happened. And this is her perspective on why she would never have gone without these photos. Right. And how shareable, how, (laughs) you know, that could easily go viral. Yeah. Um, You know, just that headline. So now with people who are not, you know, in that same kind of circumstance that you like, that you would invite to do a video, do you compensate them with pictures? Do you surprise them at the end? Uh, you know, how, without going into, you know, lengthy detail, uh, just are there incentives for them to do this for you? No, not normally. Um, okay. There's legal rules that get into going into that and paying people for things or giving them extra stuff um, that each state is different on. So you would need to uh, consult with your attorney before incentivizing those types of stories. Okay. If you send them a, a nice gift certificate to a restaurant after as a thank you, are there legalities on that? It, it's, it's kind of a gray area. Um, okay. But you, you don't want, so I, I'm sure we've hear, we, we listen to the radio and you hear, uh, you know, a, somebody saying how Chick-fil-A was amazing. And then you hear that the real client that was paid for their time after they say their thing. Right. Okay. So you would have to just kind of preface it with that, but then it kind of kills the ad. Right. So proceed with caution on that if you're going to do that. Okay. So retargeting and flash sale. So what is retargeting? So retargeting is what we talked about earlier. It's not really an ad. It's the follow-up ad. It's after you've launched an ad and you've run it for a week or so. And let's say 20% of the people that saw that actually clicked and went through and completed the process. Well, there's that other 80% of people that may have just gotten distracted or not, you know, maybe they were in target when they saw it and they were checking out and they just couldn't do it at the moment. Right. Okay. So retargeting is saying, Hey, Facebook, anybody that has already seen this page or this blog post or whatever, whatever you were sending them to in the meantime, or in the beginning, um, I want you to send them this new ad that says this new thing that reminds them to finish this process. Right. Got it. Okay. So then flash sale. And I, I did, um, I've done that a couple of times with my marketing or with my group programs yeah. um, that were like uh, Black Friday, jump in now. At, so is that a flash sale? Is there any? Yeah. And most people do flash sales wrong. They think that flash sales means discount yourself so that you get bookings. Uh, and it's partially true. So let's say, for instance, I was a boudoir photographer and my normal session fee is $500. Mm-hmm. I may do a flash sale for $99 for the session that covers nothing and except the session, they don't get anything for that literally at all. Right. And I have upsells after they've clicked through. So it's like, Oh my God, $99. I want to do a session with this photographer forever. I'll do it for 99. They do it for 99. And then they get to the checkout page and it's like, Hey, did you want to add wings or a shower scene or another hour of shooting or two more outfits or something like that for an extra $99. I was like, I, I had a shower scene. Uh, when you said that, I thought about the movie psycho. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> sure. That sounds great. The boudoir shower scene. Okay. So then I get it. So you're kind so, of like putting the entry, the, the price to get in the door very low so that they do actually go in the door. And then you're saying, do you want more? Because the hardest thing to do is to get someone to take their wallet out. Once their wallet's out, it's very easy to get more money from them. Okay. So we say, here's the, here's the bar, here's, here's the level or the bar of entry. It's very low, $99. By the way, uh, after you've purchased that, do you also want this thing? Yes. And right. now you're back up $200, right? And so obviously you want to be able to do IPS on the back end of these things too, because if yeah. you're just shooting burning for a $200 session, then you're not going to be able to make enough money with this process. Right. And you don't have to really market $200 shoot and burn sessions very much right. anyway. So, so, okay. So with boudoir, it might be like, uh, would you like uh, hair and makeup or would you like uh, two extra, would you like outfit changes? Mm-hmm. Uh, do you want to have a bottle of, not a bottle of champagne, but um, little things. Uh, would you like to pre-purchase X a folio a, a folio box at advanced discount price or something. Yeah, a lot of a lot of different possibilities with that. Little, 
yeah just wanted to flesh out like the main things to keep in mind ideas. though uh for flash sales is that they have to have scarcity and urgency so it's normally uh there's only 10 sessions available for 99 dollars, and this only happens until like four days right or something like that got it um okay go. so it has to be real quick so you did it easton when i s- said can you give me four or five kind of steps or tips and you were like uh, I don't think I can. Well, I <laughs> pulled it off. <laughs> and clearly, you know, having um, now been deeply involved in working on ways for uh, people who want to learn from me and get support can find me, I know how much work can be involved in just setting up those landing page and the thank you page and the next thing and the next thing and the next thing. So uh, we haven't given away the farm here, <laughs> right? No, not at all. Um, so I know that you have um, you have programs. You have something that you wanted to offer. Um, do you want to talk about that? Yeah. So on our website, which is theartofsixfigures.com, all words, we have a couple of different things. One is a seven-day uh, Facebook ads challenge. And so what it's going to do for you is that each day you'll have a 15 minute lesson that kind of helps you understand a lot more uh, in depth what we talked about today on the surface. So landing pages and uh, how to start your ads and how to set up your actual business account and get your pixel installed and understand the back end of Facebook in general. All those things are covered in the challenge. And when you join the challenge, it uh, asks, asks you to join the Facebook group. And uh, in our Facebook group, we go live a couple times a week, uh, free trainings all the time. And uh, that's probably one of the most beneficial spots to be in because it's not we don't charge anything to be in the group. And we literally do trainings. Lucy will be in the group doing a training uh, in two days. Um, so that's, that's what we would offer. We also have our Facebook ads course, which is also on that website. Um, and that course has been purchased by over 1,500 photographers at this point. And uh, awesome. the amount of success is, is just insane. So to like pull the covers back just a bit. Uh, so this offer, where does that fit in uh, everything that you just shared with us? The seven day challenge offer? Uh-huh. Yeah, it'll, it'll sum everything up and kind of. No, no, no. So you just said um, direct response. So this is an example of direct response marketing, right? is if they click there, they get to be a part and get into your world. They're going to learn a ton. It's going to be awesome. Um, But from the teaching, you know, when I'm pulling back the covers, this is an example of direct response. Yeah. In a sense. Marketing. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Is, um, and one that, you know, is, is awesome. And I'm definitely going to check that out even further for myself. Um, let's see. So I think I have one last question for you. Let me check. Well, before I do that, um, I always like to know what not to do. So in Facebook ads, is there, I know you've given us some definite, um, definite things to do and a few hot tips. What do you think is the main thing that would, uh, have a Facebook ad be a great big fail? Oh man. Do you have, I think you have to have the pixel. If you're not using the pixel, then you shouldn't even be running ads. Don't bother. Then, then just go ahead and do the boost. And cause I have people uh, that do get some good clients from just the, the boosts. But if you're going to do the work of Facebook ads um, and really do it right, then having that pixel like exponentially, uh, increases the odds of success. Is that what you're saying? So when you, when you hit the blue Facebook button and you're not the boost button and you're not using the pixel, you're paying for, for, to potentially get leads that you can not follow up with after that. So you're paying a hefty price and oftentimes it's more expensive than if you ran an actual ad and then there's no follow-up ability. So when you run an ad to an actual landing page and use the pixel, a lot, all those same people or probably a lot more people are going to see that, but you're actually going to be able to control what we call the user flow. So okay. what they're going to see after that, 
is that okay. are they only going to see that ad and then they're never going to hear from you again? Because if so, you've wasted your money. Right. Got it. If it's a, like I have had, um, for example, sometimes on my, on my podcast, I'll boost an announcement of a show or a couple shows. And I notice that my uh, listeners increase, but if I were doing it with pixels, then I'd also have a way to then uh, contact people. Is that what you're saying? And follow up and do other things that they would see. Correct. And you'll reach more people more accurately. So it's like, we don't want to do a drive-by boosting. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Uh, stop and sit a while and have lunch. And is there something either that you haven't shared um, or, or a last, like, something you want to make sure people remember about the, about marketing. Um, yeah. Yeah. I think the tendency with, with Facebook and photographers, it's like a love hate relationship. Um, we loved it back at like five to seven years ago when we could post on our business page and we could actually have people comment and see it. And now we have to mm-hmm. pay for it. Um, and so that's a little bit painful to us, but, I guarantee you that if your first Facebook ads fails, it's your fault. (laughs) And if you push through and you put in the time, energy, and effort to actually learn the system and and learn this marketing uh, type of direct response marketing approach, then every single photographer that does that will have success. If you put in that time, energy, and effort, you research, you learn about it because there is nothing that can produce 55 bookings in a week like Facebook can like with our uh, one of our clients Rochelle did two weeks ago during COVID and that was just a giveaway that she did over a week 55 and that's she has a $2,000 to $2,500 average for her after sale and so she made a hundred she'll make $110,000 by spending $600 on Facebook but you don't get there by trying a Facebook ad one time and giving up. Right, right. Or just, if it didn't work, uh, do it again the same way. <laughs> yeah, don't keep doing the same thing, right? Get help, hire a coach, uh, take a Facebook ads course, learn about it. Facebook even has their own Facebook course, which is called Blueprint. You can go in and uh, learn all about it. Um, oh. It's more like a college course, so it doesn't technically apply to their own platform fully, but uh, mm-hmm. you'll understand the basics after that. Yeah, and you know, since like one of my challenges as a coach right now is that a lot of uh, my tried and true methods for getting clients myself and helping uh, people get them are go out and do this thing, go meet these people, you know, it's all in person. So I am super, super happy that you and I connected that um can't remember who recommended you to me, but I've got to go send them a basket of flowers or something (laughs) (laughs) because uh, you know, this increases my ability um, to understand and also gives me a direction where I can send my clients specifically to, to figure out how to actually do all of it, you know, meeting you already just from our conversation a week or two ago and now, and I'm excited about our chat. Uh, later this week, um, you've you've rocked my world already, <laughs> <laughs> and so the world of people that are in my community, I'm sure they're just like mind blown as well and really excited. Yeah, and, so, and take you know this is just like anything else, right? There's there's always somebody that's going to be better than you. There's always going to be somebody that's going to be worse than you. But if you have an edge, which you can be, which Facebook ads can be for you in your business. Um, the person down the street from you could also be using Facebook ads and not have anywhere near the amount of success. So just keep in mind that it's all about uh, persistence, being intentional, right? Like I want my mm-hmm. business to make $500,000 a year. So then I can't just sit behind my desk and wait for customers to find me, right? <laughs> like, mm-hmm. Those are, yeah. those are kind of things that are, that seem like common sense, but a lot of times we get stuck because as creatives, we sort of freeze when things aren't going our way or we don't know what the next step is. But 
I work with people one-on-one to run their ads for them. I work with bigger businesses like Album Epica. Uh, I run all their U.S. marketing. So I'm not just coming at this from a perspective of uh, Facebook ads for photographers or for my business. Mm -hmm. And I'm not just telling you that this has worked for two or three people that I've worked with. I'm telling you that for hundreds of people I have done this for, or they've purchased my course and done it on their own, or big businesses that are multi-million dollar businesses have hired me to do. So it, it's not that it is, does it work or does it not work? It works. And it works every time, as long as you actually know what you're doing. Right. That's, I love hearing that. Um, and being someone who's always, being someone who's always been a little stronger in the sales than marketing. Um, it sounds like figuring out this one piece. Um, I mean, it's not just one piece, but that focusing on that. Um, and then, knowing how you know you can get that fish in the boat but now knowing how to well no that's it's too murdery um, <laughs> <laughs> all right get that great big uh, carrot pulled up and in your kitchen you want to know how to slice it and dice it and turn it into a souffle and that's where the sales aspect comes in and i imagine you would agree that if you don't know how to take a hot lead and that you've paid money for or done a lot of effort for through networking things, how to turn that into a really great sale, then you got to do that too, or don't bother. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's like, you know, anything else, if, if part of the team is injured, then you're probably not going to win the game. Right. It's like one of my uh, clients uh, is working with somebody to make their website SEO friendly. So great. He gets a lot of people looking at it, but if it's not set up in a way, so then they want to call him. And then if they call him and he doesn't know how to get them uh, to book a consultation to start leading to, you know, step by step by step for a big sale, then something's missing. It's like a, it's like a stool. You have to have all the legs. Exactly. Or you'll fall right over. <laughs> So don't fall over. That's the lesson. (laughs) Well, stay tuned listeners for my little wrap up and Easton. I am, as I already said, I'm so grateful that we have met virtually, but, but have met. And I know that my listeners um, are glad I met you too. (laughs) And so just thank you times a million for sharing all of your wisdom and experience with us today. Absolutely. And thank you so much for having me. My pleasure. So I feel like I just struck gold in meeting Easton Reynolds and um, learning more about the Facebook ads and um, just his whole world. He's, he's got so much goodness to share. Um, So here's a little quick wrap up. Um, let's see. So we talked a lot about what he calls direct response marketing and it's things that we do on Facebook and Twitter and YouTube and LinkedIn. Um, it's ads where somebody downloads or signs up or emails or takes some kind of action. Um, they can be overwhelming. He says, if you don't know how to use it. And, um, we talked about the importance of SEO and networking, of course, in our businesses, but he feels like Facebook ads uh, directly can uh, grow our businesses and get us those really hot leads and bookings um, when done right. Um, And number two, so that was number one, is get in the game of Facebook ads. And then number two, or kind of the step-by-step is if we're going to run any kind of an, a promotion or ad, we need to have what's called a pixel. And that's not a term about our photography because we all know we work with pixels, but it's a little like a cookie that you install. It's an HTML code that you paste on your uh, website, your blog, landing pages, etc. That way we can retarget, we can um, show up in all kinds of places that we wouldn't if we didn't have that. And if you go back and listen, you'll hear a better explanation than what I'm doing <laughs> right now. 
Um, and then he talks about the importance of then having a landing page, which is a page where you show your offer and you have a place for them to sign up. And it could be from a lead magnet. It could be a story-based ad that then goes to a landing page to get them to do something to get you in their world or to buy something. And um, then number four is to think about what people want. So if you're going to do a landing page, you need to do what's called a lead magnet. Um, well, that's, that's one choice. And a lead magnet is something that they would, they would get for free. Uh, they could purchase it for a small amount of money. Um, but you want to think about what your p- potential best clients actually want. What's a challenge? And then have a solution that's like a seven tips or, or 10 things to know about this so that they click on that. You've got your landing page. Uh, they get in your email there. They get the thing. They get a thank you page. You know, it all kind of snowballs in a good way. Um, but you need to figure out what people want and uh, first. And then talked about three ways to do the ads. And one is a straight giveaway. Um, or you can have a story-based ad. Or then the retargeting is the following up when you've um, had a pixel in your in your um, ad that will give you um, the ability to follow up with people who didn't sign up. Um, he also says a flash sale is something that can be great. Um, and you can do some upsales with that. So a lot of really good stuff in there. Um, if you haven't taken notes, I suggest you go back and listen and take a bunch. Um, and to also contact him if you want some help with that. Um, let's see. And his, his last little um, wrap-up thought is that Facebook is a love and hate thing. But if you learn how to use the system, you can pretty much uh, guarantee that you will get awesome leads if you do it right. And then, um, of course, then you need to learn how to actually take those leads and turn them into great clients. And that's, you know, that's my superpower in helping people. So if you want to be part of my world, either uh, learning how to sell, getting in my mastermind group, or even be a guest on my show where I can directly coach you. Um, Just go to lucydumascoaching.com and schedule a quick call through the mastermind uh, buttons. Go to the mastermind tab and look for the buttons to to schedule a call. And um, that's it for now. Until next time. Bye. You have been listening to The Highly Profitable Photographer with Lucy Dumas. If you've enjoyed this podcast, please rate, subscribe, review, and share. To connect one-on-one and learn more about our coaching programs, just go to lucydumascoaching.com. Until next time, go have fun photographing and selling your work.